Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, we thank you that you're gracious. We thank you for your mercies, God, which are new every morning, God, because of your loving kindness, which is better than life, God. Amen. It's because of your loving kindness and your mercies that we are not consumed, God, and we are grateful for it. Lord, wake up this city and this generation, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. So thankful to be in the house of the Lord here today. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go right now to the book of Matthew chapter 13. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 24. Amen. Thank you, uh, Brother Aguilar, for speaking to us. And we're glad that you were able to, in Jesus' name, praise God. I feel like God wants to speak to us here today, and uh, I'm going to do my best. I know I'm the only one standing between you and Tostadas, so I'm going to preach. Amen. But when we're done preaching, we're going to have a mighty move of God. Amen. And, and then we've got a baptism already scheduled, but it doesn't have to be the only baptism today. Amen. Praise God. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. The Bible says, Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. Everybody say good seed. It was good. Hallelujah. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Everybody say bad seed. We got good seed, we got bad seed. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servant of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, Didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? Didn't you sow good seed in your field, or did we just mix it up? From whence then has it tears? Didn't you sow something good? Why did something bad come from this? Didn't you put something good in that field in my life? Then why did something bad come out of it? I've asked that question to God many times. And he said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? Should we get rid of all that? Negative things. And he said, No, lest when you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and in the time of harvest I will say unto the reapers, Gather ye together the first, the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. And I want to just preach to us for a few moments on this subject. An enemy hath done this. An enemy hath done this. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray. All across this building, let's lift up our voice and our hands and let's talk to Jesus for a few moments. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, we thank you for the good that you are working in this city and in this church. We thank you for the good that you are sowing into our hearts and into our minds, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would help me to preach this word to every individual in this house, God. Amen. That we would overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, God. We're giving you great praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody shout amen. amen. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, an enemy has done this. And you may be seated. God bless you. Amen. An enemy hath done this. Jesus is doing what he does, teaching parables. These are stories to be remembered. And these are, it's a very unique way of Jesus' teaching. He wants people to glean information from each of these stories. It's a lot like we would do or we used to do with fairy tales. We would tell them, and behind that fairy tale, there was a greater and deeper understanding. Now, Unfortunately, not everybody got the deeper understanding. Uh, they, they just take the story and they repeat it. But uh, there, are, there are some things that we've got to take a look at. Jesus is telling us about the kingdom of God. He lets us know that this, 
this kingdom that we are a part of or that we will be a part of once we are repented of our sins, baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, he said it's, it's like a man that sowed good seed in his field. I want you to notice that he is relating this to, uh, amen, the world that we've got today, that God has created this kingdom, and the original intention of this kingdom was that it was going to have good seed in his field. Amen. But then you see another group arise from this good man, and these are the servants. These are the men. The Bible says that while these men slept, and then you see a third element. You see first the owner of the farm. You see the farmer himself that sows good seed. Then you see that there are servants that serve the farmer, amen, in his endeavor to have a harvest. But there is a third element that appears, and the Bible says that an enemy came and sowed bad things in the field. What this is telling us, the deeper principle, is that there are the works of God. Everybody say works of God. There are the works of God, there are the works of man, and there are the works of the devil. Amen. That in this world and in this kingdom, there are, there are different elements at work. There is the works of God. Let me just talk to somebody for a moment about the works of God. Amen, there's a world out there that is contemplating whether or not there is a God. And the main reason for this contemplation is they look around the world and they see sickness and they see wars and they see fires and they see tornadoes and hurricanes and they see all sorts of mess and they ask themselves this question. If there is in fact a God, then why has all of this evil happened? Anybody ever thought that question? I know I have before I came to God. Amen. And, and their, main, uh, their main reasoning is that there can't, in fact, be a good God if there is evil. But I want to tell you, they're missing the elements that we're going to talk about here today. Because there are a few other elements. Uh, amen. There are the works of man and there are the works of of the devil. Amen. The Bible would declare to us about this, this man, this farmer, that we would know as God, that when he went out, he sowed good seed in his field. I think there's a lot of people that have the wrong interpretation of God. He's not just God. He's not a malevolent God. He's not an evil God. He's not a wicked God. He's not, amen, a, a, a critical, amen, cruel God. He's not like, amen, the Greek gods that use mankind, amen, as their way of, of somehow propping themselves up on Mount Olympus. It's not a fairy tale like that. It's not a mythology. I want to tell you about our God. When he created the heavens and the earth, he saw something that was without form, that was without void. It was empty. It was dark. There was nothing good. But when God showed up, whatever was dark became light. Whatever was bad became good. Whatever was without form got formed and framed. Can I preach to you about the God we serve? He's a good God. He's a good God. He made all things good. He does all things well. When he created everything we see in here, amen, he created beauty. He created majesty. He created incredible things. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Amen. There's a world that thinks God is wicked or God is evil or God is mean or God doesn't care about humanity. But if you just look in the first few chapters of the book of Genesis, you will see God creating. It's not evil what God creates. God creates light so we can see. God creates, amen, a distinction between, uh, amen, the, 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 the atmosphere, amen, and the waters. And, and since he knows that the mankind he's about to create can't live in water, he creates dry land to appear. And out of dry land, he creates, uh, amen, every herb, uh, amen, yielding seed, uh, amen, and fruit yielding trees. Uh, and he, he creates animals. Uh, he creates an environment. Uh, and the Bible says, uh, 
amen, that, that this world uh, was good. God saw that the world, uh, and he looked at his creation, uh, and he didn't say, this is terrible. This is wicked. Uh, this will show mankind what's up. No, the Bible says even God, a good God, looked down from heaven and said, what I've created uh, is good. That lets us know a few things, uh, that whatever was before God started working on it uh, and God started farming it, uh, it was not good. Hallelujah. The darkness was not good. The emptiness was not good. Uh, amen. But when God shows up and starts working, uh, he works all things together for our. Somebody shout good. He works all things together for our good. Everything God does is good. Everything God creates is good. Everything God repairs is good. Everything God puts back together is good. Oh, somebody ought to shout. Hallelujah. God creates it, and it's good. Amen. And if good was not good enough, the Bible says God created a garden. A garden that was eastward in Eden. The world was already doing good, but God said, I'm going to make it better than good. Hallelujah. Anybody know about your God? He's better than good. I just got to preach it to a generation that's losing their mind, uh, that thinks God didn't create them uh, the right person or the right gender, and they think that God messed up and God made a mistake. Uh, but I want to let you know God doesn't make mistakes. If God made you a woman, don't try to be a man because God saw your womanhood and said, it's good. He said, I can use that. If God created you to be a man, don't be a woman. He looked at your manhood and said, that man that I'm creating is good. Hallelujah. When God created it, it was good. But then you got a few other elements that start showing up. The element we don't want to talk about is humanity. Hallelujah. But I'll talk about humanity for a moment because we are humans. There are the works of God, and everything God makes is good. Settle that in your mind and in your heart now and forever. That if God is working, it's good. If God puts you somewhere, it's good. If God takes something from you, it's good. If God gives you something, it's good. Hallelujah. Amen. Job got this revelation. He said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. It may not feel good in the moment, but it's working together for good. It might hurt at that season, but God's working it together for good. And you've got you to gotta declare it. Uh, the Lord is good. Is there anybody that's ever been through some hard things uh, and you wanted, it, you, you wanted to give up, you wanted to quit because uh, in the moment uh, it hurt and it was painful? Can I preach to some mothers that birthed some children? Uh, in the moment you might have wanted to quit, uh, but what was being produced was good. Amen. And there's moments God brings things into your life, creates things into our life, uh, farms things for us. Uh, and we look at it and say, there's no way this is going to end good. Uh, there's no way this is going to end well. Uh, but let me preach to you, uh, the works of God always end good. Uh, the works of God always end well. Uh, so you might as well praise him now in the midst of what you feel and declare it with your mouth uh, and declare it with your heart. Uh, God is good. Somebody shouted, God is good. Shout it for this world to hear it. God is good. Shout it for the pagan to believe it. God is good. Shout it for the atheist that doesn't believe in a good God. God is good. Shout it for the college professor that thinks God is somehow non-existent or wicked. God is good. Somebody ought to give God a good praise. Come on, take a few moments and give your good God a great praise. God's good. God's good. In the midst of my pain, I declare God's good. In the midst of my loss, I declare God is good. In the midst of everything I've experienced and encountered at the hands of other people, I declare God is good. Oh, come on, somebody lift up your hands. Come on, there's somebody right now. You are struggling in your faith because it hurts. But I want you to declare it in your heart. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. He sowed good seed. God is good. 
Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Somebody praise him. Don't let the devil lie to you. God is good. Don't let your flesh lie to you. God is good. Don't let your mind play tricks on you. God is good. Don't let your emotions and your stress and your anxieties play to your weaknesses. God is good. Because I promise there's going to be many times in life you're going to have to declare that. I've had many moments in that where I've had to just say it. Somebody asked me after something terrible happens, tragedy, loss. And I've said it every time. We declare God is good. It's a lot easier said than done. I know, I know, I know. But, but you've got to declare it with your mouth. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And maybe my heart needs a little kickstart. So I'm going to declare it with my mouth until it gets in my heart. That God is good. God's good. But then you have two other elements that show up. The mankind side. And mankind doesn't always take the good things of God in the best way. We have a nice little habit of just messing it up. The Bible says in our text, while men slept. Hallelujah. We want to blame God for every bad thing that ever happens. And sometimes we want to blame the devil for every bad thing that happens. But you got to read the full text. Because the Bible says the farmer, the God Almighty, the good God, the good farmer, uh, the good shepherd, uh, he sowed good things in his field. He created all things well and did all things good. Uh, and he had some servants uh, that it was their job uh, to watch after the field. Uh, God took Adam and he put him in the garden uh, and said, guard the garden. And he took Adam and said, watch out for every crafty beast of the field. Uh, Adam, you're going to have to make sure uh, your family stays saved. Uh, you're going to have to make sure that you don't get too carnal. You're going to have to make sure there's nothing growing that shouldn't grow. You're going to have to trim back some trees and God's got some servants and God's got some people but the Bible declares that some men slept. Amen. Before we go blaming God or the devil we've got to check what we've been doing. I can't blame a good God for every bad thing that's ever happened in my life. Oh, somebody ought to give God praise. I, I know the world's got this mentality of victimhood, and they want to play the blame game. And Amen. It's, it's God's fault, and, and, and it's because he created me. And, and, you know, I didn't even desire to be on this earth, and I've heard people say that. Amen. I've even thought it myself a few times. Amen. Well, I, I didn't ask for this, and, and I was never chosen to be born in that family. It's all God's fault that I'm here. In fact, the Bible declares they never talked about the fact that they were sleeping. They never talked about the fact that they weren't awake and they weren't vigilant. They they weren't watching, but they showed up to the to God Almighty, uh, and they said, uh, wait a minute, uh, are you sure you sowed good things uh, into this field? Are you sure that you didn't make a mistake somewhere? Are you sure it wasn't your fault uh, that we're in this mess? Are you certain, amen, God, that, that you didn't make a mistake, and that's why we are currently suffering? Man likes to ask a lot of questions of God. But don't want God to ever ask them any questions. Adam, where are you? Hiding behind the fig leaves and the fig trees. Uh, amen. They want to ask God all sorts of questions. Uh, well, God, where were you when I was struggling? Where were you when I was going through the mess? Where were you? If God was so good, why did I go through the abuse? If God was so good, why did I suffer like that? If God was so good, and they want to ask God all sorts of questions. Uh, but when God shows up and says, where were you uh, in the midst of this? Uh, why wouldn't you call in on me? Uh, why didn't you reach out to me and ask for help? Uh, why would you try to do it by yourself? Uh, why would you... Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands. Let me say it again. The works of God are good. Whether you like them or not, the works of God are good. But the works of man are not always good. Somebody asked me the question. They said, well, if God's so good or if God's even real, why is there so many? Why, why, why are there people starving in the world? I said, it's interesting to me that nobody wants to blame themselves. You've got a cupboard full of food. So do I. But we want to blame God. As if God is to blame for the storehouses of food we have at Walmart. Oh, there's a starving world. It must be God's fault. No, 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 no. It's a man problem right there. 
Because every time, every time the UN or UNICEF sends food over to overseas, there's some greedy people that take the food and they ration it out and they pay, they make people pay money for it. Hallelujah. Everybody wants to blame God and say God's not good because of the suffering of man. But yet the many of many of the sufferings and the plights of men are because of other men. Well, I don't believe in God because God and religion starts wars. Uh, last time I checked, God didn't show up any point in any time with a sword in his hand uh, and start lopping off heads. Uh, but I have seen mankind go to war with one another over race, over resources. Uh, even if it was their ideal, I want to tell you, nowhere in this Bible would they be able to stand up and say, the Lord told me to do it. I want to tell you that the world has lost their mind, but God is still good. Amen. And I came to preach to somebody. God is still good. God is still good. God is still good. Well, if God's so good, why are, why are all these things happening? Why is well? Because mankind has a choice. Why is my life a mess? Because God gave you a free will. God gave you a choice. And until you use your will to let God have his will in your life, ain't nothing going to change. Let me say that again. God gave you and I a will, and until we relinquish that will to God and say, God, whatever you will, not what I will. God wants to help people, but he will not step over your will to help you. Amen. He's waiting on you to ask him, will you help me? And the moment you ask for God's help, he's ever-present help in time of trouble. He's waiting by your side looking for a way to help. But you got to use your will to say, God, I need your help in this moment. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Come on. Let's pray for a few moments. The works of God are good. The works of man can be good or bad. But we've got to use our works to call on the Lord. Come on. Somebody pray. When we talk about the works of man, I, I, I'm just going to get through this, and then we're going to get to the good stuff. But I've got to help somebody understand this. You cannot blame God for your bad decisions. Let me, let me make that a little more easy on the ears. We, we cannot blame God for our bad decisions. Amen. Because it's not just a you thing. It's a we thing. We all have done it. Amen. We cannot blame God for our mistakes and our bad decisions. Amen. Nor can we blame God for the bad decisions of other people. Sometimes you've got to have the revelation that this was not a God moment. Because if it was a God moment, God would have made all things good. This very well could have been a man moment. Well, God, if you were so good, why did I go up and grow up in a drug home? Well, because your parents did drugs. It's a work of man. Now the works of flesh are manifest. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatreds, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness. Amen. And of the which, Paul put it this way, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. There's a lot of things, amen, that if we were to be honest, are not a work of God. They are a work of the flesh. They are a work of man. And there are times where we come in and we've got consequences for our actions and we want to say God I thought you so good things and he looks back down from heaven and says yes I did but there was some sleeping going on there was some carnality going on there was some exposed flesh going on and God says I didn't do that but he wants to let mankind know amen but it wasn't just you sleeping amen because you sleeping was not enough to cause all this mess and all this ruckus he said I want to let you know a third element he said an enemy hath done Done this that while men slept, the devil came in and started sowing things that God never planted. That while mankind was carnal, the devil came by and started sowing things. Can I preach to you here this afternoon that we've got to wake up and we've got to realize that there's an enemy, that there's an adversary, and it's not God. 
Can I preach it again? We have an enemy. We have an adversary. And it's time to wake up from our slumber and wake up from our sleep and recognize that our enemy is not God. And our enemy is not necessarily one another. But our enemy and our adversary is that old serpent and snake, the devil. Somebody lift up your hands. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray for a moment in the name of Jesus. Come on. Why is all this befalling us? Why is there bad in the midst of good? Amen. He said, yeah, men were sleeping, but let me also remind you about another element. There's an adversary. There's an enemy of your soul, and he started sowing things in your field. Amen. We could fall into either category of the blame game. We can blame God. We can blame ourselves. Or we can blame the devil. But usually it's a combination of ourselves and the adversary. Because he plants the seed, but we water it. It's not a sin to be tempted. Jesus was tempted. But he'll plant the seed of temptation. And we, 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 like, to, we like to water everything. Hallelujah. We like to water every thought that comes to our mind. But I want to tell you, not every thought that comes into your brain is a thought worth keeping. Hallelujah. That's how bitterness starts. They meant to do it. And you start watering that seed, and before it's all said and done, everybody's against you, nobody's for you. I guess you'll go home and and just cry to sleep. No, you let that seed grow, but you got to be careful because in the midst of the good things God is sowing, he's letting you know that in the kingdom of heaven, the same kingdom that Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. I want to just put somebody on notice here Today, that we are at war, that we it might feel like peacetime in America, but we are not at peacetime in the church. We are at war, we are fighting for our families, we are fighting for our church, we are fighting for our city, we are fighting for revival. Don't let yourself kick back and take a nap. It's not time to nap. We are at war. There's an adversary, there's an enemy that's coming in the midnight hour. Oh, somebody. Somebody shout. Somebody give God praise. It's time to wake up. Wake up with your praise. Wake up with your, with your worship. Wake up with your prayers. Wake up in the spirit. Wake up to the war. Wake up to what's going on. Man, I want to tell you, we are at war, folks. This was wartime for them. An enemy showed up. They had an enemy... It was wartime. And you've got to understand how the enemy works. Not everything is a frontal assault. I'll say that again. Not every attack of the devil is a frontal assault. Sometimes he comes at night. Sometimes he comes like a thief in the night. The Bible says, amen, in John chapter 10, verse 10, speaking about the enemy, that the thief comes uh, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus, even to find it out what a thief does and how a thief gets in, uh, a thief comes, uh, amen, he tries to climb through a window or go through a back door. I want to tell you about this crafty serpent, the devil, amen, that this adversary we have uh, is not always going to come out uh, and just wave a flag saying, I'm your enemy, I'm your adversary, I'm the devil. But often what he'll do is he'll use, a, he'll use another approach through a window or through a back door or through a basement, uh, amen, and he'll start planting seeds in your life, uh, Seeds of bitterness, seeds of unforgiveness, seeds of unbelief. And he starts planting them there in hopes that you water them, in hopes that you let them grow. And he's coming by. And the problem is we're asleep when he comes by and we don't recognize that he's coming about. That's why Peter told the church, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary. The devil comes as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That old 
devil comes by in the middle of the night stalking like a lion trying to find somebody that he can take out trying to find somebody that he can plant something wicked in your life amen trying to find somebody that he can steal from trying to find somebody that he can kill finding somebody or some family that he can destroy let's open up our hands let's pray for a moment Come on, let's pray for a moment. Time to wake up. Come on, wake up to what our world's doing. Wake up. Amen. I, I, I want you to know that it's not just 2020. Amen. But it's what's happening nowadays. We got to wake up. Church, let me just preach a few things on my heart. Not on my nerves, on my heart. We got to be careful because the devil and the adversary, this enemy, the devil, is walking in and he's sowing seeds of discord. I'll preach it. Sowing seeds of discord, putting one brother against another. The Bible even declares that when the end has come, we will hear of wars and rumors of wars. What's going on right now? And the Bible says because the abundance of iniquity, the abounding of iniquity, the love of many shall wax cold. Let me preach that in, in New English. Because there's so much wickedness in the world, we start losing a love for one another. Jesus would put it this way. By this shall all men know you are my, my disciples. If you have love one for another. Church, the adversary is coming by in the midnight hour. And it might just be the 11th hour. And Jesus is about to split the clouds. And the adversary is planning iniquity. And he's planning deceit. And he's planning discord. And now the love for one another is starting to grow cold. And the love for the church is growing cold. And the love for God's growing cold. And the love for the word of God's growing cold. The love of worship is growing cold. We've got to be careful that we don't allow it to get cold. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. You know what he says? When you see these things, brethren shall turn in brethren. Brothers shall turn on brothers. The spirit of Cain has always been at work. I feel the Holy Ghost. Because somebody else has a different opinion than you. Now the adversary is using that. Amen. To sow discord in the middle of the church. And while we're asleep to it, not realizing that the enemy is doing this. Amen. And now all of a sudden, these people don't want to talk to these people. That group doesn't like that group because they have a different political opinion than the other group. Or maybe they do things a little different than the other group. Church, we got to wake up. We gotta wake up because we're in war. We gotta wake up because there's an adversary that's sowing things into the church and sowing things into the community and sowing things into our city and sowing things into families and sowing things into marriages. We gotta wake up. I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody pray. Come on, let's pray. An enemy hath done this. 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 Let me just preach to somebody for a moment. I'm almost done. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. That means we don't wrestle against one another. Hallelujah. We don't have this problem in this church, but let me just say this. Somebody else's ethnicity is no problem of yours. But the world and the enemy is sowing it as if it's a problem. And now we've got people that are fighting uh, other people based on what race they were as if they had a choice in the matter. And the enemy's going by in our community and in our nation and sowing this. And now it's becoming a great political upheaval, even on either side of the fence. But it does not matter in the church. There's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. When you get in this kingdom, none of that stuff in this other kingdom matters. When you get in this kingdom, so don't let the enemy sow those things into your heart and sow those things into your mind. The enemy comes by. 
and starts planning things. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, the God of this world blinded the minds of them which believe not unless they were to see the glorious light of the gospel and it should shine unto them. The adversary is going by and he's planting blinders on people's eyes. Can I preach to somebody for a moment? Because he doesn't want you to get in church. He doesn't want you to repent of your sins. He puts blinders. He's planting uh, blind spots in your life. Uh, because if you repent, you might make heaven your home. Uh, because if you get a hold of Jesus, uh, he has no more power on you. Uh, that if he, can get, if he can put some blind spots uh, in your life, uh, that you'll never get it fixed. Uh, and you'll never become what God's called you to be. Uh, the adversary is planting uh, some tears. Uh, the adversary is planting some blind spots. Uh, the adversary is planting, uh, amen, some wicked things into this world and we've got to be vigilant and we've got to watch for it the enemy's doing this you are not my enemy and I am not your enemy we've got one common enemy and it's that old serpent the devil we've got one common enemy and we've got to keep it in mind that there's an adversary that's doing all this there's an adversary that's planting these seeds there's an adversary let's stand across the building Come on, let's pray. Your fellow man, your fellow brother in Christ, sister in Christ, is not your adversary. Your neighbor that speaks another language than you is not your adversary. We have an enemy, amen, in this world called the devil. And that adversary, the devil, is trying to sow things into the world. Somebody lift up your hands let's pray. Come on, stop for somebody to wake up. See your enemy for what he really is. See your adversary for who he really is. Take the mask off the devil. Take the mask off. I want to tell you, take the mask off it and recognize you got an enemy. You got an enemy. Hear the master calling. An enemy did this. An enemy did this. Don't tear one another apart. An enemy did this. Don't blame one another. An enemy did this. Somebody pray. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Somebody's waking up. Somebody's waking up to the war. Somebody's waking up to the reality of what's been going on. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Somebody pray. An enemy hath done this. An enemy hath done this. Church, we've got to make sure we got the right enemy. You know, there's nothing like unifying. There's nothing better to unify people than somebody that they love or somebody they hate. Right? You can come together based on somebody you love. You ever seen a funeral? People come together even though they don't like one another. But because they love that individual. Or you can also come together based on somebody you hate. But in the church, we got both. We come together because we love God. Everybody said amen. We unify because we love God. But I think we can also unify based on one common enemy. Now, we might have different struggles, but we got one common enemy. We might have different challenges, but we've got one common enemy. And the challenge is if we ever mix it up. And we start thinking the other person's the enemy. Hallelujah. You can't. You, you get to the place where you start thinking, uh, amen, that, that the spouse is the enemy. Uh, you're in trouble because now you've made your greatest ally, your greatest enemy, uh, and the enemy is not the one of your own household. Start looking at the kids. They're the enemy. Start looking at the church. The church is the enemy. Start looking at the pastor. The pastor is the enemy. Start looking at every leader. The leader is the enemy. The boss is the enemy. And we start going down the line of flesh and blood trying to unify. I know people like this. They only unify based on things they don't like and things they hate. you got to be careful that you don't unify with people against other people because you're working for the wrong person. 
The Bible says the devil's the accuser of the brethren. Don't join his party. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't care who you vote for, just don't vote for the devil. Hallelujah. But this enemy, we have a common enemy, and he's, he's pitting us against one another. And he's doing everything he can, and he's showing division, and he's sowing discord, and he's sowing iniquity, and he's sowing temptations, and he's sowing, and there's people that are trying to figure out how did all this grow up in my life, and why is everything all crazy right now? I want to just put the devil on blast and let you know an enemy have done this. What do you do when you look, you come to church and you're saying, man, I've been struggling with depression. I've been struggling with anger. I've been struggling with bitterness. Whatever it might be, you fill in the blank with what you came here today with. And you're thinking to yourself, I don't know how that grew. And you might have showed up saying it's God's fault or it's somebody else's fault. But I want to just remind you, we have an adversary that your demise is his number one goal. That your destruction is the number one thing he's after. And if we could ever recognize our enemy for who he really is. Sometimes you got to take the mask off. Hollywood is not your friend, it's your enemy. Let me say that again. Hollywood is not your friend. Hollywood is your enemy. Because if you were to rake back the mask, you'd see all the divorce, all the debauchery. Amen. They're one by one being called out for this, that, and the other when you rake back the covers. But I'll tell you what that does. When people let that junk into their home and into their mind and onto their phone, what's ending up happening is they're letting an adversary in and they're taking a nap. And it starts sowing discord. Amen. It starts sowing other ideas. You start seeing affairs on the screen and it starts planting ideas in your mind that you'd be better with somebody else. But I want to remind you, an enemy is doing this. But I got good news for everybody. An enemy did all that. You look at your life and you realize all the mess that's going on. And there's a lot of things showed by the adversary. But God's got a plan. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. God did not berate the servants. He did not beat up the servants for what they did wrong. He reminded them of their common enemy. And said, an enemy has done this. Now we're not focused on one another. We're now focused on finding a solution to the problem. And as he looked, they said, Can we, should we just tear everything up? Should we just wreck everything? And God says, no. No, because if you do that, you'll ruin all the good too. Because for every bit of bad the enemy sowed, God also sowed a lot of good things in your life. For every bit of evil the adversary sows into your heart, God says, I've got some good things that I'm also going to plant. And one day, every good thing I planted is going to harvest and bless you. But every wicked thing that the enemy planted is going to be gathered together. And it's going to be cast into a fire. And it's going to be burned. Everything the enemy did to your family family it's going down everything the enemy's doing right now in your mind the enemy's going down the Bible puts it this way I'd love to just take a moment for this first John 3 and 8 he that committed sin not just committed but if you read it in other versions it says he that makes a practice of sinning is of the devil that's the work of the flesh the work of man for the devil sinneth from the beginning. Don't let the devil ever beat you up for the fact that you made a mistake. He could not live for God when there was no devil. He could not live for God when there was no adversary. When there was no enemy. And yet you and I do it every day. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. What was the purpose that Jesus Christ was manifested? Let's finish the verse. That he might destroy the works of the devil. Let me say that again. 
For this purpose, Jesus Christ came into the world. Jesus Christ will come into your world. Jesus Christ came into your life that he might destroy the works of the devil. The devil came that he might steal, kill, and destroy. But God said, I've also showed up. I'm going to give you life. Let good things grow. But everything the adversary planted, everything the enemy did, he said, I am come that I might destroy the works of the devil. You might be in this place in a mess, but I've come to preach hope to you that God, in spite of what the enemy said, in spite of what the enemy did, God is going to destroy all the works of the devil. Somebody ought to shout and give God praise for a moment. All the works of the devil are about to be destroyed. There was no suffering until the devil that sent it from the beginning entered into the world. So suffering is going to be destroyed when one day he shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There was no sickness until that old enemy showed some things. But I want to let you know, these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. What is that? Destroying the works of the devil. There was no sorrow until the adversary showed up and started planning those things. But I want to let you know, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And he destroyed every work of the enemy. There's, there's some people in this house. The devil has been working overtime in your mind. But I want to give you hope here today. Jesus has come to restore your mind. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. I'm done preaching, but I want you to pray. And then they have done it. But I want to tell you what God's going to do. And the enemy might have done it, but let me tell you what God can do. God can turn your life around. God can touch your mind and put it back together. An enemy might have sowed, amen, some insane thoughts, but God can bring sanity to you. The adversary might have sowed, amen, a victim mentality, but God can make you a victor in Jesus. The adversary might have sowed some weird ideas that you're never going to come up, but I want to tell you there's a God uh, that can bless you uh, in spite uh, of everywhere you came from and everything the adversary I don't know about you but I am tired of all the works of the devil let me say that again. I am tired of every work of the devil. I'm tired of seeing the devil creep into people's lives, amen, into families, into people's minds, and start planning things that are not good, planning things that are not of God, amen. And it's about time that the church wake up and say, God, it's about harvest time. It's about harvest time where that old serpent, the devil, is going to be burned in a lake, it's about harvest time where all sorrow is going away. It's about harvest time. God, would you destroy every work of the devil in my mind? Would you destroy every work of the devil in my family? Would you destroy every work of the devil in the church where he's sowing things that God never sowed? Where he's saying things that God never said? Would you destroy it and let it burn? Let's lift up our hands and let's pray. I'm done preaching. Come on, somebody pray. Come on, somebody pray. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? When you come to this altar, you're saying, God, would you destroy every work of the enemy that is coming to my life to destroy me? Would you destroy what is trying to destroy me? God, would you take out addiction? God, would you take out bitterness? God.
Come on, somebody pray right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, empty out your seats and come to the front. The works of God are about to be manifested. The works of God are about to be manifested. And they're going to destroy every work of the adversary. The works of God are about to be manifested. And every devil's got to flee. The works of God are about to be manifested. And every work of the flesh is going to be forgiven and washed away. Every work of the adversary is about to be obliterated and destroyed that it may never be used again. Come on, somebody pray right now. I feel the breakthrough in the Holy Ghost. I came to preach your breakthrough today. An enemy might have done it, but wait until God is done. An enemy might have done it, but wait until God gets done with you. God's going to make a new creature. God's going to make a new thing. God's going to bring out good out of the bad. God's going to make something great out of something that would have killed you. Come on. Right now in the name of Jesus, if you are so tired of the devil sowing things in your life, I want you to pray to the God of peace. And the God of peace shall crush Satan under your feet. God, empower your people. God, empower your people that it might destroy the works of the devil. The works of the devil are going to be destroyed today. Addictions are going to be destroyed today. Bitterness is going to be destroyed today. Division and discard is going to be destroyed today. Devil, you have lied long enough. You have sowed it long enough. Anxiety is going to be destroyed today. Unnecessary stress is going to be destroyed today. Come on, somebody pray. Regret is going to be destroyed today in the name of Jesus. Despair, amen, and depression and suicidal thoughts are going to be destroyed today in the name above every name. In the name of Jesus, somebody pray. somebody pray right now in the name of Jesus devil you have no place here devil you have no place in my family devil you have no place in my mind you have no place in my heart I rebuke you in the name of Jesus I rebuke you in the name of Jesus come out and never return in the name of Jesus Christ this is the world 